And so many folk are not even familiar with Montessori as even a viable option for their children. And so you got to deal with the cultural barriers. And then many folk would say, well, I don't even see children that look like you and I there in Montessori. And so they would not think that their children would be welcomed in a Montessori environment. And so you got to deal with race, culture, economics, Welcome to How to Have Kids Love Learning, where we explore ideas and strategies for parents and educators that help students thrive. I'm your host, Ed Madison. I'm a professor and researcher at the University of Oregon and serve as executive director of the Journalistic Learning Initiative, a nonprofit organization that empowers middle and high school students to discover their voice, improve academic outcomes, and become self-directed learners through project-based storytelling. Teaching students to become effective communicators is at the heart of JLI's work. I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Ize Sebader, who is an entrepreneur, educational researcher, author, and 20-year educator. He earned his doctorate at Morgan State University in 2018 and has co-founded several organizations, including the Montessori Public Charter School uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, in 2010, he was with an, he uh, was awarded an Educational Excellence Award presented by First Lady Michelle Obama at the White House. What an accomplishment! Um, he's published some of his research includes uh, the subject of family engagement, and his work centers on making Montessori methods available to um, underserved students. Welcome, Doctor. Great to see you <laughs> and be with I'm you. I'm grateful to be here with you. Thank you for your flexibility. Yeah. Uh, so you know. Many people have heard of Montessori, but for people who aren't up on, on how it's distinct from the traditional classroom experience, um, give us a little bit of background. Yeah, so I actually was recently on Roland Martin um, Unfiltered, Roland Martin Unfiltered, and he asked the same question. And what I would basically say is Montessori is the simple way to put it is common sense education. Um, Montessori is common sense education because a good Montessorian is looking to follow the natural developmental process of the child. It means is, for example, um, Montessori has a lot of guidance around allowing children to have the freedom and to be um, independent within the environment and in a Montessori environment, it looks totally different than a traditional classroom. You will see there is scientifically prepared uh, materials that the children will use to help foster their development. In fact, many of the materials would have something called a control of error. So the child can, for example, there's a cylinder block where the children use different size cylinders to put in this block. And so if they put a big cylinder in a small slot, it won't fit. And the child inherently will be able to see, oh, I didn't do that right. And so they can correct themselves. And so Montessori is common sense education because it pulls on the child's natural curiosity, natural interest in being independent, freedom to go after the things that they're interested in and natural in that it even tries to encourage uh, what I would call um, positive peer pressure. And so they have environments of children, usually with a mixed age group, 
And so children, for example, three, four, and five might be together. And so you will see the five-year-olds even helping to give lessons to the three-year-old. And so it's a natural peer pressure where the three-year-old is looking up to this five-year-old who's almost twice their age and will listen to the, to the older child, maybe sometimes even more than they'll listen to an adult. And so Montessori is common sense education in that it allows the child the self-initiative to go after the things that they're interested in and to do it in a very um, liberating way, I would dare say. You know, again, allowing the child the freedom to explore things within limits is a, a common. And so, yeah, basically put, Montessori is common sense education, following the child's natural developmental process. Now, I, I have so many questions for you. So I know, uh, I know just from my own background that um, many of the tech executives, you know, like at, at places like Google and, um, and, you know, Facebook and everything else, choose to have their school, their kids, their own kids schooled in this way. Um, so they've known about this for some time. What are the impediments to making, making this kind of education available more broadly? Yeah, so I would say that executives would really lean toward Montessori. In fact, Montessori, there is a good a body of research that talks about Montessori helping to foster what they would call executive functioning, high executive functioning, which means that, again, usually in many Montessori environments, the, the, they don't really even call them teacher. They might call them a guide, somebody that's guiding the child in that environment to learn for themselves. And the guide often asks the child, well, let's develop a plan for the day. You tell me what we're gonna, what you're gonna look to do. And so the child already from a very young age is learning how to self-regulate, learning how to set goals for themselves, is learning how to then govern themselves according to what they are able to achieve in that environment. They do this day after day. And so that's why I would dare say that many Montessori children will score high in this thing called executive functioning because they are usually using those leadership skills to even govern themselves in the uh, Montessori environment. And now to your question in terms of impediments, I think here in the U.S., a huge impediment is cost. And for you know, far too long, in fact, even Dr. Montessori, when she came to America, she was being sponsored by the wealthy and the well-to-do. And they early on adopted Montessori. Wow, this is brilliant. This is you know, an amazing way to allow children to learn. And so you will see Montessori usually being frequented by the wealthy and the well-to-do. And so what I gotta, you know, try to, and that's why with the advent of this public charter option, you've seen a, um, a mushrooming, you know, just an astronomical growth in the number of Montessori public sector schools, because now many are using the char charter option. So we got to deal with um, cost. You also got to deal with um, the cultural barrier, because again, this thing hasn't been, um, you know, many folk have been priced out of Montessori. And so, and this has happened for generation after generation, you know, so Montessori has been here in the US for over a hundred years. And for generation after generation, if it's really been only available to the wealthy and the well-to-do, then other folk are not even thinking about it. And so, for example, when I went to help 
you know, I, myself, my wife, and a few other founding group members started a Montessori public charter school in DC. You know, I went to one family, they said, oh, that's the, the what did she say? She said it was uh, the Mona, I forget what she even said, the Montessori, the Montessori school. Oh, that's for the, the, for the Latin children. That's not for our children. I'm like, what, what do you, she wasn't even Latin. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, she, she, you know, but, um, and so many folk are not even familiar with Montessori as even a viable option for their children. And so you got to deal with the cultural barriers. And then many folk would say, well, I don't even see children that look like you and I there in Montessori. And so they would not think that their children would be welcomed in a Montessori environment. And so you got to deal with race, culture, economics. I would dare say there are some children who have been um, told, and this is you would find in the work of Dr. Mira Debs, who wrote a really good book, um, Diverse Families, Desirable Schools, I think is the title of her book. And she talks about some children being counseled out of Montessori because they're not a fit. They're not a good fit for Montessori. And many times it's those children that might have learning um, differences from how other children might learn. And so folk would say, oh, well, maybe you're not a fit for Montessori. And so I would put that as a third impediment. And then I'm recently just coming back from visiting a Montessori school, a really um, high performing Montessori school in Texas, Dallas, Texas, Lumen um, Education. Uh, and they actually have a public charter um, school and they're actually giving their charter the authorizer because they have asinine regulations that are impeding them performing or unfolding their Montessori approach. And so that would be my fourth impediment. So again, wealth, um, race, you know, ethnicity, um, learning differences, and then regulatory um, Nonsense. How about that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so give us a a, 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 a sense of, of kind of what we might see going on in, in a classroom. I mean, you said a, a little bit about like the fact that there's different ages of students that are together. And, and I don't know where we ever got this notion that everybody's supposed to be on the same page, learning the exact same thing on the same day. That doesn't really even logically make sense. But what, <laughs> but, 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 but what might we see in a classroom? Yeah, so I think that model of education, and in fact, at first, there was great fanfare when she came, but then she ran into the educational powers that be that, you know, railroaded her uh, and said that you're not following what they understand as the um, the factory model of education where folk are sitting in rows and, you know, the children got to sit still and you got to keep your mouth shut and, you know, you got to listen and, you know, basically um, soak in all of what the teacher is teaching. Um, and to your point, all at once, all at the same time, all doing the same thing. And you got to, you know, repeat it like a parrot. And if you, you miss something, then you're, you know, you know, and so again, that factory model, I think it was like the Prussian educational construct that has uh, by and large um, been the model that many educational institutions still use today. If you go into a Montessori environment, I would say it's almost like organized chaos. You'll see a whole bunch of children moving around, doing their own different thing you would find what I would say is some beautiful um, materials. In fact, Dr. Montessori talks about 
having the materials be so well made, so well designed that it entices children to want to learn. And so you have bright colors. They have this thing that's well known. It's called the pink tower. And so here you have um, blocks in a and they change in size so that the child is able to learn how to understand dimension, size, even weight differences. And so that one is, again, a very attractive. When we were going, working to set up our Montessori school, we would go to table, you know, do tabling, and I would put a pink tower. And I kid you not, the children would almost always try and walk away with someone. I'm like, hey, hey. And then you got to fight the child like, no, no, no. They like the, you know, they like the stuff so much. And so you will see they have different um, learning environments within the Montessori environment. So there is a practical life. There is a language area. There is a math area. And so, again, you have different workstations. And again, the children design or they're going to plan what they're going to do for the day. And then they are free to move to those stations. And the guide is usually observing to see that the children are engaged properly using the material. And then if you see a child that's not, then you just gently go and try to redirect the child to doing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. And so you will see, again, a totally different um, learning environment, children moving around, children able to talk to one another. I, I was in one Montessori environment and the children, these, in fact, this was an elementary environment. So the children are sitting down at a desk. They're working with their um, colleague on a particular project. And, the, and one said, oh, this seems like so-and-so. And the other one broke out in a rap song. And they were actually having fun in the learning process. And I'm just like, wow, they're able to talk, to socialize, to engage in levity as they are engaged in learning. Brilliant. <laughs> mm -hmm. We seem uh, to be a society overly obsessed with uh, measuring things and particularly uh, standardized tests. Um, but I wonder, um, you know, what are some of the comparators with I mean, kids that have gone through the Montessori method with kids, you know, that have gone through traditional schooling in terms of how they fare, um, graduation rates, um, you know, entering college? I'm curious. So I would so I don't have those statistics off the top. And I would say that this is an area that I believe that Montessorians have to do better. So while Montessorians are keen observers there they they use observation to understand what the child is doing to help guide the child to help maximize their learning however they are i would say test adverse um if you would allow me and so they're you know in fact that was one of the things you know to go back to the point of their school in texas they were like you know they keep forcing us to do these standardized tests and we don't believe that that is really helping to benefit the child's development and so I believe that Montessorians have to then design some assessments that will align with the Montessori pedagogy and that won't interrupt it to the degree that these standardized tests are interrupting, um, you know, because again, what invariably happens is folk get caught up in teaching to the test, right? The, the children don't perform to the level that you want, then you wanna go ahead and review what might be on the test. And then you're doing this drill and kill type of thing where it's, you know, you, you want the child to unfold their developmental process, but now you're going off on a tangent trying to just perform 
because that's what the reg regulators are looking for. And so you now are stunting development because you're taking time away from what the child might naturally be doing to try and do this artificial thing just because the test is coming. And so mm -hmm. I would dare say Montessorians need to work on designing a test that the researchers will value um, and that might still give them some of the things that the researchers and then even more than the researchers, the policymakers are gonna wanna be able to see. Um, however, within the Montessori environment, you would definitely see, you know, and I just looked to my children, for example, who went through Montessori programs and they graduated from high school, um, did really well. Shoot, in fact, my last child, she was in the Montessori the longest and at my household, we have a um, a challenge. If you bring home a 4-0, then I got a 5-0 um, to put right in your hand. So you get a $50, you know, uh, bonus, so to say, for getting a 4-0. And her brother, who again, he's the youngest son, he was in Montessori the second longest to her. And I thought he was doing something. He would bring home 4-0s regularly, but she's bringing home 4-0s more than he is. And I'm like, man, we're going to have to change this up because you're breaking the bank. <laughs> um, and so, you know, one son, he recently graduated from Morgan State University. He was in the honors program. And so, again, went through Montessori until it was time for high school. Most of them did really well in high school. Most of them are have above 3.0 averages. And he graduated, you know, honors Morgan State University. And so I say that to say that's just a small glimpse of how children perform, but my understanding is many Montessori children do do well uh, when they go to college. And again, you will hear folk talk about, oh, well, the founders of Google, Montessori children, Jeff Bezos even started his uh, billion dollar venture philanthropy, uh, Montessori inspired piece because he's a Montessori child. And so again, I could rattle off names sure. of well-accomplished sure. Montessorians. And again, I would say that Montessori prepared them well to, to really own their learning process and enjoy it along the way. Mm -hmm. So for parents who might not have immediate access to this, are there things they can be doing with their child at home to, you know, that sort of align with uh, some of the Montessori philosophy or, you know, or there's a book you could point them to, or, I mean, you know, because they may be living somewhere where there just isn't a charter school or an opportunity to, to immediately access it. Yeah, that one is a good question. So we actually just started this program called the FEMI program, um, Family Engaged, Families Engaged in Montessori Education, where we actually have a Montessori um, expert trainer to work with families to understand Montessori pedagogy. We are doing a five-part series helping to break down Montessori theory and then talk with the families about, well, what do you think you would want to do in your home to help foster independence, self-initiative, the child's natural curiosity. And so again, you know, simple things are in a Montessori practical, uh, excuse me, in a Montessori primary environment, that's children ages three to six, they have this thing called practical life. And uh, I'm gonna give you this quick um, tangent story. Sure. In the school that I helped to start, um, we started with the primary three to six-year-old children. And this three-year-old, you know, so again, after, after a certain period of time, the children are able to do an open house and show their parents what they're, what they're learning in the Montessori environment. So during this open house, 
the parent came in, the child said, well, I want to take you to the practical life area and show you what I've been doing. So the, the parent sits down, the child puts on the apron, goes to the practical life area. There's a sink, there are dishes. The child sets up to start showing her how to wash dishes. And the child washes the dishes, dries the dishes, puts the dishes up. And the mother breaks out in tears crying. And after the demonstration, the mother grabs the child, hugs her, and is apologizing. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At home, I'm <laughs> shutting you down, telling you you can't do it. And look, you doing this great. Like, oh, my goodness. And so there are many things that you can do within the environment to help foster independence and initiative with your child. I would say if they were interested in reading something, there is... Um, the Secret of Childhood by Dr. Maria Montessori. Another book by Dr. Maria Montessori, which is really well known, is The Absorbent Mind. Um, and if you look up, if anybody Googles, you know, Maria Montessori, easily over a dozen books should come up. So you can, in fact, go to our website, uh, amiusa.org. We actually have a bookstore and we carry a whole, I mean, shelves and shelves of <laughs> yeah. different titles from Dr. Maria Montessori. And then one of the Montessori um, trainers recently founded this organization called Rising Tide. Rising Tide Montessori has put a bunch of free um, YouTube uh, Montessori lessons on the internet. So you could actually, a parent at home could look at some of those um, YouTube clips and see if there are some things that they might want to incorporate in their home for their children. Again, washing dishes, helping to set the children up very simply. There's another book by um, Simone Davies and um, Junifer um, Uzidike. Excuse me, um, Junifer, if I'm chopping your last name up. Um, the Montessori um, Child, I think is the title of that one, or the Montessori Baby. And they give a number of very practical things that families can do. Um, and, you know, in fact, I remember Jennifer talking about how she helped her children learn how to prepare simple meals. And these were elementary age children. And so I'm like, that's brilliant. Now I don't have to go ahead and be waking up to cook you breakfast. You can make the breakfast. In fact, make me some breakfast. <laughs> and so there are definitely some very um, simple things that children, you know, helping the children to learn how to clean up the dishes after you eat, helping the children to learn how to sweep. I mean, that's a practical thing that you need in your house, helping the children to learn how to wipe up the table. And, you know, these are basic things. In fact, I remember when my child, my daughter was in the uh, primary environment, they also teach the children how to polish shoes. The child came home after mastering polishing and she wanted to polish every shoe in the house. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, that polish is different color than the, you know. And so again, there are some very basic things that you could do. So yes, yeah. read yeah. some Dr. Maria Montessori, check out Rising Tide, check out some of these other authors that I have mentioned. I yeah, hope that helps. We'll, we'll list that in the show notes. I guess my last question is, you know, what are your ambitions in terms of, how, of the spread of this? I mean, what, you know, what, what, do you, what do you see going forward in terms of making this more accessible to particularly kids of, you know, students of, uh, or students of color? Yeah. So my organization, um, uh, www.amiusa.org is where you can find it. My organization is AMIUSA, Association Montessori International of the USA, AMIUSA. Uh, we actually partner with one of the other um, super large Montessori Montessori, excuse me, super large Montessori associations 
that one being AMS, American Montessori Society, to establish something called the Montessori Public Policy Initiative, MPPI. And MPPI has been working state by state to help to Montessoriatize some of the educational regulations, if you would allow me, to make these educational regulations much more Montessori friendly. So for example, I mentioned that in many Montessori environments, you will have mixed age groups. However, in many states, they wanna pigeonhole you to um, guidelines based upon one age as opposed to multi-age group. Then they have, and then they will even try and hold you to a younger age group group size because they're they have different regs for three-year-old juxtaposed to a five-year-old and so you can only have x number of three-year-old you know and so again working with policymakers to help them understand that one size doesn't fit all that you know this is not a cookie cutter thing children have unique abilities and we want to design a unique platform to be able to help them to learn. And so long story short, we're trying to change educational policy across the United States. And you know, many folk know that education isn't a national thing. It is really a state by state and even local thing. And so that means then that you can't, you know, even President Obama, he was taking lumps on the head trying to do some national things. And so you have to go state by state even municipality by municipality to erect regulations that will be Montessori friendly. And then the other thing is we are definitely trying to work with folk who are interested in charter. Charter, the charter option, I think is a very viable option to help us engage and get more Montessori schools in the public sector. And then there are some within the traditional educational system that are establishing Montessori schools also. And so again, we just have to help superintendents and district leaders to understand the value that um, comes with the Montessori approach when it is implemented well, and so what I would like to say is we're trying to bring Montessori to the masses. We, we want to have Montessori, you know, across the country for those who are interested. But to be honest, there are some within, particularly within the Black community, um, who feel that Montessori um, isn't as rigorous as they would want. You know, they, they want their children, you know, to drill and kill my child. I want my child to be able to spit out, you know, da da da, da. And we're, you know, we're saying there is another way to learn and they can still perform with, with excellence without that drill and kill type of thing. And so we, again, have to just help our community to understand the benefits of an emancipatory educational pedagogy, such as, uh, you know, a Montessori method. And so, in fact, myself and some colleagues, we started this thing called the Black Montessori Education Fund, um, the BMEF, to try and engage more black educators, more black families, more um, even you know black researchers to research on the lived experience of black families in Montessori and to get more black teachers so that you know more of our children have teachers that look like them. So yeah, we're trying to get Montessori to the masses. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, the great work that you're doing and for your time today. And it's really been a pleasure. And uh, I look forward to just sort of following your progress and, and maybe talking again sometime soon. Thank you so much. You keep up your good work too. How to Have Kids Love Learning is produced by the Journalistic Learning Initiative. For more information about our work, please visit journalisticlearning.com.